0: Welcome to issue 80 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, The Encounter Sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as the so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and with me tonight is Mike. Daniel. Welcome to your 51st show! 51! 51, baby, I made it! (laughs) How
1: are you, man? I'm doing good, how are you?
0: Excellent, excellent. We are also, of course, joined tonight by
2: Steve. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Steve,
0: what's up, man?
2: Hey, I mean, uh, Mike's lucky we kept him on for 51, so... Um, (laughs) That's because you guys didn't do the lore for this episode.
0: (laughs) That's right, that's right! (laughs) I guess his trial phase is over, right? Yeah,
2: I... yeah. you're out of probation. You're now junior <laughs> villain, uh,
0: junior first villain. class. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I like that. Um, Steve, yes. what's on your mind tonight? I'm glad you
2: asked me. Uh, we received a, a very nice mail. We've got a question from a listener. So I'm going to read it. We're going to talk about it. All right. This is from Zach B. He says, hi, I was listening to your favorite Slash most enjoyable scenario segment, and wondered what is your favorite modular set to date? You like to throw in to mix things up. Which ones you avoid and why? And then he says, "I'm biased to Hydra assault, temporal, and power drain." Some good questions there. What do you guys think? What uh, what modular set do you like to just put in just to
1: mix things up with? I'm still killer bananas every time. That temporal set. Yeah, that's fun every time. I get. I guess now. Killer bananas could pertain I mean, to two sets now, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, the temporals uh, usually my go-to for adding something.
0: I I think that the the collection the banana collection might be the way to go, right? You put in temporal and the <laughs> brotherhood of Badoon and you are set. Um yeah. I might actually say Badoon though, because I really liked I like all those minions. Listen to last week for what I what I really like to do with them and their banana hammocks.
2: Yeah, I like to throw in like if I'm trying to mix things up and maybe make it a little bit more of a challenge is the Anachronots. Um, mm. Yeah, they're a lot of fun minions with abilities. Uh, you know, they're good. They're good time. But I also I like for whatever reason I like uh, under attack, which is way back in the core, and it's just a bunch of upgrades for the villain uh so that can be fun to just to try to voltron the villain
0: up so
2: that's
1: got some stuff that discards attachments too right
2: yeah i think there's one in there that blasts them off so
0: back in the day i would often put the scorpion and the electro ones together Mm. um because i really like those two minions they're great
2: yeah power drain he mentions that is one of his favorites too Mm
0: -hmm. that's a good one and what's the Scorpion one called again? A mess of things. A mess of things, that's right.
1: That extra copy of Gang Up. It's just yeah. so good. <laughs> Except how many times do you accidentally shuffle it into the basic set? Oh, like when you're sorting cards at the end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put,
2: put it away in the wrong spot. Uh, do you guys have one that you avoid putting in, or you just like
1: aren't drawn to, to play?
0: MODOK for me. Okay. I, I
1: kind of hydrate out, so I tend not to throw those in anything that I don't have to. Just because we got a lot of Hydra really early on without a lot of variation. True. Um, I,
2: I'm not a super fan of the base pirates at no? this point. Not no. right now. So I, like, I, haven't, I don't reach for them to mix up a modular set, you know, to, to mix them up with. So oh, did they take away your Mark V armor? Yeah, too many times.
0: Oh, I already like this set. There's
2: something I just don't go, go to them for. Like, it's like, uh, Space Pirates, Menagerie Medley. I hate those ghosts. Like, uh, so. when I'm playing as, like, a cowardly hero, at least. You know it's also fun, if you want to mix things up, uh, is just the Power Stone. That's fun just to throw in there. Throw it on something. Yep. Yeah, that's a neat one.
0: Cool. Well, thanks, Zach B., for writing and those questions. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Now, Mike. I I hear that you have an origin story for us today. The show notes do say that, don't they?
1: Yeah,
2: tonight Mike is going to do our Shadow of the Past Star-Lord's Nemesis
0: origin. It says right there, Origin Story Mike. Awesome. Yeah, that means you are delivering an origin story, not giving us yours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess
1: so. I already gave you that one, didn't I? I I think so. Hey, you know what else I told you about in that very first episode? What? I told you about a comic series I just read. It was the 2008... Guardians of the Galaxy Hmm. and I have since heard that it is a favorite amongst community members yeah they like it a lot yeah okay which um why do I bring this up well I don't know I think it's time we chatted about Brian Bendis Bendis took over the Guardians run around 2012 and his series lasted I want to say about four years before he left for DC Comics members of this community have some strong feelings on the Bendis run one of the complaints I've heard is that he tends to write our beloved characters out of character. I can't really speak to that because I don't read enough comics to know all these characters. I mean, I, they get caught all the time. Who am I to know? Uh, that said, I, one of the things I've noticed is that he tends to develop relationships off-camera. So, for instance, this is the run where, where Star-Lord hits it off with Kitty Pride And their relationship development, you just don't see. You see snippets, right? He has to tell you. You know that, that old moniker, Show, Don't Tell? He doesn't do that. He He's constantly saying, oh yeah, look, they've been communicating all this time. Oh, look, they have been seeing each other. But you don't see that as a reader, so it's hard to really connect with that. Now that said, Bendis uh, teamed up with Michael Gatiss back in the 90s to do the absolutely wonderful Alias comics. Uh, that was a four-volume run of Jessica Jones. That's the first from their Max line where things got Kind of dark kind of serious and just before he left they did another run uh, it was another four volume jessica jones run and it is exactly the same in tone i loved it and i thought it was wonderfully written perhaps because he was writing about an emotionally damaged person maybe that just tended to jive with the style. i don't know take it uh, take it for what it is um that's uh that's basically where we're at so All that to say, some people love them, some people hate them. but all this Guardian stuff is taking place in the universe that existed around the Bendis run. So all the characters that we see in all these hero packs are taken from that era. Why am I telling you this? Well, because we're talking about Mr. Knife and Mr. Knife, a.k.a. Jason Jason of Spartax and Jason, a Spartax, was created in the Bendis era of the Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the year on 2012-2013 run. Now, before I get started, for those listeners who whose only exposure to the Guardians is through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, just know that Ego is not Star-Lord's father. That is a creation of the MCU that exists entirely over there for whatever licensing or storyline purposes that they saw fit. In this universe, the comics universe, his father is Jason of Spartax. Now, you're probably thinking, some of you might be thinking, hey, no, no, Jason's been around a little long, longer than this. And yes, Jason has been around a lot longer. Jason has been around since, oh, who knows? I didn't, I didn't even read how, how long he's been around. But he's, he was ruler of Spartax, and he was Star-Lord's father. And they brought Star-Lord back in the 2000s. And they realized they had huge continuity problems. And Marvel problems were so big that they solved it by retconning all of this Jason Star-Lord stuff into another universe. Uh So let let that sink in.
0: Well, that seems to be like standard operating procedure, isn't it?
1: This crazy was so bat guano crazy. No, no, They do crazy (laughs) bananas stories. This was so crazy, they had to put it in another universe because they couldn't reconcile it. I mean, this is the... We have time travel. We have all sorts of weird, crazy stuff, and they just moved it. Meaning that in the 616 universe, Jason first appears around 2013. He is the ruler of the Spartax Empire.
0: Now, Now, what is Spartax?
1: What is Spartax? Spartax is uh, another civilization. Uh, That's a good question that I don't have a full answer to. It's like um, another planet.
0: Yeah, it's another planet
1: with. Okay, is it? Is it? It can't be human. It. They're not humans. They're. They're Spartoi. They're Spartaxian, but they're basically human. I don't know. Do you know Steve? Uh, no.
2: I. They're human-like. I don't know. I don't know what their original origin is.
1: Hang on, I can hear the listeners banging on my door already. (laughs) I can hear uh, Scarlet Roadie screaming into his microphone. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we'll get him here in a couple of weeks to correct you, Mike. So yeah, we'll be fine. Um, well, he looks human-ish in the art.
1: He does. Okay, so let's talk about him. Let's talk about let's why. Talk about him. Why is he the nemesis? Is the big question. So, Star Lord is running around the galaxy doing quote-unquote heroic things, mainly getting himself into trouble, shooting first, asking questions later, drawing encounter
0: cards to pay for his stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. This story begins, and Earth has always been a bit of a problem in the larger galaxy, because that's where all the problems are. That's where all the heroes are. None of these other cultures like these heroes. They keep doing things. They keep changing time. They keep causing singularity. They keep doing this stuff, and they're rather dangerous. So Jason calls together this council of all the representatives of all the major civilizations in the galaxy. So you've got the Supreme Intelligence of the Kree is there. Gladiator of the Shi'ar is there. The Queen of the Brood. uh, One of the Brotherhood of the Badoon. Annihilus from the Negative Zone. And Freya, all mother of the Asgardians. And they're, you know, trying to discuss what the heck to do with this planet. Because at this time, the mutants kind of screwed up. They actually... Oh, who was it? It was Beast who... I haven't read this story, I've seen illusions, but Beast basically holds together old versions of some of the original X-Men and brings them to the present and causes all sorts of problems with the time-space continuum. So after this latest transgression, they got to do something. Now the problem is, is that this is one of the Nine Realms, and Frey will have nothing to do with it. Earth is under her protection, that's it. No, we're not going to do anything about this planet. So, all right, he says, we'll just... Um, Nobody do anything, hey? And he slowly, subtly manipulates the Badoon Empire into invading Earth. He gives him, you know, the wink and the nod, like, "Okay, hey, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. Earth is free for the taking sort of thing. Now, what's his... He's like, he's got a deeper game here, of course. He's trying to bring his son back into the fold. So he, he goes and finds him. Where does he find him? Well, drinking, you know, like all heroes normally do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, look, I just want you to know um, we've declared Earth to be off limits. It's still a, a budding civilization. It's not, you know, type two yet, or whatever you called it last week, Steve, uh, maybe in diabetes. So, you know, don't, don't interfere with anything. And especially don't interfere with that Badoon invasion that's coming their way. So, of course, they do, right? They do. And they, they help thwart this Badoon invasion. And at which point, he now has full authority to go in and arrest his son and the Guardians of the Galaxy for breaking intergalactic law. Right? Of course. He's trying to bring him into the fold, and um, his son, of course, is a rebel. He's a rebel, and he kept under lock and key, but he's able to break out. Uh, And as he's breaking out, he broadcasts to all of Spartak's like, what have you arrested me for? Just for trying to save Earth? I mean, they're attack- the Badoon were attacking, and I was just trying to save them, and that's why you arrested me. You guys should depose your Emperor. So they do, because they're not human, right? I mean, what would humans do? They would say, no, I didn't. Deny, deny, deny. And, you know, if, if he was actually human, he would still be in power. He'd be playing the typical political games that all humans play. But nope, Spartax revolts, and they depose their Emperor. Jason is no longer leader of Spartax. So he goes rogue. He creates this persona called Mr. Knife, and he starts building up this criminal empire. He's got this group called the Slaughter Lords under his control. And this bleeds into a larger storyline called the Black Vortex. It's one of these big events that pulls in lots of different comic lines. It's, it's a thing. The X-Men are there, Star-Lord's dating Kitty Pride at the time. It's, it's all kind of weird. And it's this. Black Vortex is this artifact that grants you cosmic power and big MacGuffin that does stuff. And that's where the main storyline of Mr. Knife kind of takes place. And his ultimate goal, he is in cahoots with the Brood. Because the Brood just want to, well, for those listeners who don't know, they just want to produce lots of bugs and take over the galaxy. They're, they're your standard bug civilization that just egg the place. His. Or Swarm, They're like Zerg, you know, the swarm. or Turinids, yeah. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So one of his, what is it? I think he's got Thane. Thanos' son, Thane, ends up with his power cosmic, and encases Spartex in amber. And he's, he's basically gifting this to the brood. He's like, you can, you can have all these people. Gnaw through them and, you know, lay your eggs in their brains and stuff. And uh, as you rampage through the galaxy, uh, you can take whatever you want, but every tenth planet is mine. That's our deal and that that's his thing he wants 10% of the galaxy and he's willing to sacrifice the other 90% in order to do it so he's very he's very selfish he's all, he's in it for himself uh, he basically gives up his own people because of course they betrayed him and that's his thing he's exceptionally cunning he's always thinking three steps ahead and unfortunately that's kind of all you see of mr knife actually maybe maybe i shouldn't say sadly cuz mr knife is kind of a weird weird name for this kind of guy it's like a it's like a step down right it's like thanos calling himself dweeby in one comic run right it just doesn't work Uh, we do see just later on uh, eventually he moves up in the world he becomes in the far-flung future leader of the universal church of truth and this is in the 2019 guardians of the galaxy run this is just after the one of the infinity wars uh, the one with gamora and that is a fantastic one that's a really good run it is not as good as the 2008 run, but still pretty fantastic. And he makes a return in that. Is that the uh, the Believers? It's the Believers. That's the Believers Church. It's a okay. slightly different rendition on that church, but it's still there. And this is the one the run that comes just before the run that we were talking about with uh, Rocket and the Black Bunny Brigade. The one that you're reading, Steve. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. kind of sandwiched in between those.
2: Okay. okay. Um, I just recently finished listening to that Marvel scripted audio podcast, uh, Old Man Star-Lord, and that deals with the Black Vortex and Mr. Knife is in it as well. And that's a that was an interesting um, little like piece to hear you talk about the Black Vortex and that sort of stuff. So,
0: hmm.
1: yeah, Mr. Knife. Hey, yeah, I'm really that's so hokey. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, all all the Slaughter Lords have kind of like silly names like Father Diablo and Brother Blood. Yeah, that that sort of stuff.
0: Well, Mike, this wasn't the weirdest story you've told us. It's not. It's actually
1: oddly down to earth, which is really the problem
0: because that old Guardians
1: of the Galaxy was so cosmic and fantastical and they go to the land of the dead. They're repairing tears in the universe. They're and then this one, it's just they're normal people doing normal things just in space. So kind of it loses its cosmic grandioseness, right?
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: And that's Mr. Knife.
0: Well, he, I'm sure he comes with some cards in this game, doesn't he? Oh, does he? Does he? Well, as with all of these, let's start with the obligation. Star-Lord's obligation. Go ahead,
2: Steve. Okay, Banishment is the Star-Lord's obligation. Give to the Peter Quill player. You may flip to alter ego form and choose exhaust Peter Quill, remove banishment from the game or discard an element gun from play. If you cannot place three threat on the main scheme, discard this obligation and it has two boost icons. So here you go. It's an obligation where you can flip to alter ego and clear it, or you get rid of one of his guns, which is pretty key to his gameplay or put three threat out and it sticks around.
0: Have you helped me? Understand the possible theming of this card?
2: Sure. The element guns are Spartoy royalty specific, right? And they're like. Okay, thank you. They're like keyed to his DNA. So, like, only Star Lord can fire his elemental gun. So, being banished from Spartax, he. I guess maybe they're taking his guns from him or whatnot,
1: kind of thing. Or they're, okay. you know, it has, it has to deal with that, I, I believe, is the idea here. That art is also from when he's arrested slash kidnapped by his father so it could also represent it just being taken away from him right
0: okay
1: and the helmet's interesting it looks like a nova core helmet kind of yeah
2: or a really interesting space spike helmet
0: yeah that's not his real helmet is it
1: uh in that run it was
0: okay all
1: right a little different
0: all right well thank you steve i, I did not understand like how the guns and the banishment work together so that that's helpful okay Phew. Crisis averted. Um
1: pretty standard issue, eh? Yeah. Pretty much. I mean almost guarantee you have an element gun out, so that's what you're discarding. I guess you could always choose just to exhaust him.
2: Yeah, because you might not right, sliding shot requires you to have an element gun, which costs you three to get into play, which maybe you
0: Oh Steve, it does not cost you three.
2: Well, you're right. It costs you an encounter card. It costs you an encounter card. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you can't you can't play those big sliding shots without it. So um, But you could have two out, so pitching one isn't that big a deal. But if it was your only one, I, you know, that that can really put a damper on your tempo.
0: Also, putting three threat on the main is not that big of a deal either. But you don't get to choose that. That's only if all right. you, don't but have if, you gun. if you don't have a gun, though, you can make the choice to not flip to alter ego and get rid of this. Right. You're like, all right, three, and then my justice player will just take that off in a second. Yeah.
1: He doesn't really get penalized for being exhausted or to switching to alter ego. Know well,
2: if anything, it's a kind of a boon to him because he can smooth-talk swapping cards at
1: the top of his deck, you know. A lot of his big attacks, they're attacks on their own. They don't require him to exhaust. Right. Yeah, they're events. Sure. His guns don't even need him to exhaust. They just exhaust themselves. Right. Yeah, it's, it's pretty typical. It's not too harsh.
2: So. No. But well, what's not very typical is the next card, Mike.
1: Mr. Knight. Minion 2 scheme to attack. 6 hit points. Criminal. And we traded. He's criminal! <laughs> this is what? Our third criminal? Like father, like son. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, I, I think we have like 2 or 3 criminal traded cards. Yeah, we do. Look at that. Okay, anyways. He has Retaliate 1. Okay. And the first treachery, the engaged player reveals each villain phase gains Surge. Oof. 2 boost icon. He's, he's interesting, right? Because under normal circumstances, I'd say that text is never going to be activated. But if Starlord gets him and he's one of the first cards you flip, I mean, you've got four more you're going to be flipping. Right. So now it's
2: five. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's, he's six hit points isn't the easiest thing to get rid of, right? I mean, you,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Starlord'd have to shoot him twice with his guns or he'd have to sliding shot him. Uh, and then you're you're wasting those bigger hits. You know, you got you got to use something on him. You can't onesie twosies him with an ally cuz he has to retaliate. But, man, that first treachery gaining surge is a fun, you know, something different on a minion. I I like that
1: on him. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it 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 twists the knife a little bit more. Ah. Oh, Starlord. God. Like he's great when he comes out with Starlord, but yeah. if he doesn't it's it's a bit of a bit of a waste. Yeah. Yeah, he plays good
2: with, well, plays poorly with Star-Lord. Good with Star-Lord. I don't know.
0: And he's elite. And he's so elite. Critical he's encounters elite. guard keyword protects him, too.
2: Yeah, being elite means uh, Nova Prime can't just, oh yeah you know, snap him away. Yep, yep. Star-Lord's, you know, signature ally can't do anything to him.
1: Well, that was good design on their part.
0: Well, Mr. Knife must be trying to do something, right? He right. Must have some kind of scheme. It's the budding crime syndicate. That's his side scheme. In your tiny head, the line between a criminal enterprise and an empire is thin. In reality, nobody cares. All they care about is who holds the gun. I like that. Um, it's got hinder, two per player, and it is a hazard with three boost icons.
1: Three boost, eh? Uh,
0: and how mean to give Star-Lord yet another encounter card. Oh, I know. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful.
1: So there's a little bit
2: of timing issue here, actually. If you get Shadow of the Past, Mr. Knife comes out. Does Shadow of the Past gain a surge or has that already been revealed? Because the hazard on the side scheme, we know, doesn't take effect until the next time around when you're d- dealing out encounter cards. But
1: what about Mr. Knife's ability and Shadow of the Past? Uh, oh. I'm pretty sure it gets revealed first, then Mr. Knife comes out. Okay, that's kind of how we've been playing it, so yeah, at least I hope that's the way because otherwise I could
2: just see the rules questions, right?: Yeah, because I guess Shadow Pass has already been revealed.
0: Yeah yeah, Mr. but Knife. so what? It just says the first treachery the engaged player reveals each villain phase gain surge. huh? So if like... you have three cards in front of you and the first
1: one's a treachery and the second one is Mr. Knife, and the third one's a treachery.
0: No, no, I'm wondering it if... would
1: gain surge. Because it's not the first one you revealed. No, but phase. Steve's
0: talking about just Shadow of the Past. So the shadow thing of the that brings your knife only... out. Yeah, I think that Shadow of the Past gained surge. It was the first treachery mm-hmm. that the engaged player revealed that turn that phase. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like in Lord of the Rings, those shadow cards that sit around for a while.
1: Right, but interestingly, right? Right. If, if if Shadow of of the Past is the second treachery you revealed that phase, then that doesn't happen. Right, correct. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know when <laughs> that. I don't know when the surge would trigger. Like, is
2: it too late? you know surge would have gone off before you got to it. Um, so that is a
0: my guess is that it surges. My hope is that it surges.
2: I bet a listener out there knows and they will because, tell us. I hope.
0: Yeah, cuz it doesn't say like when you reveal a like it's just flat out the first one you get. And shadow of the past was the first one I got this phase. So Yeah. I am yeah. 100% totally uncertain on that too.
1: So. Oh, I can hear the listeners banging on the door again.
0: Yep right um but from just like you know reading english and stuff that sort of how makes sense in my mind so okay we got one more one more and this is weird right this is just like is the minion his scheme and then three of the same card is that normal that is not normal but that's i love pretty it. abnormal right yeah okay well what is this magic card steve it is spar toy
2: cunning oh a treachery when revealed Discard one card at random from your hand, take one damage, and place one threat on the main
1: scheme. And it has one boost icon, and like you said, there's three of them. Yeah, playing a cross from Star-Lord when you're, like, say, Hulk or Drax, it really sucks. Like, oh, I, I get this card, and now I don't have a turn. That, that's cool.
0: Thanks, Star-Lord.
1: Yeah. It's hitting you on all fronts, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, my hand
2: size is less. I took a damage, and there's threat out. And, and if Mr. Knife is out, it just surged.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Uh,
1: all his other cards are treacheries. That's great. I think the only other nemesis where we have three of the same is Hernax. Yep, he definitely has
2: the three, yeah. So, All right, so as a nemesis set, I mean, it's hitting Star-Lord... Kind of, you know, where he doesn't want to get hit anymore. More cards? More encounter cards? It's a good Nemesis set. Yeah. Uh,
1: the Obligation, I think, is a little weak, but Mr. Knife is doing a good job, Doing being Mr. Knife, is the cunning is showing through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the
1: big thing is always if you're playing a villain, are you happy to see a Nemesis card come up? And if you are, then it means your Nemesis set isn't, isn't good enough. But I think this is on par with a lot of the treacheries we see in the other sets. And since the Spartaic Cunning does everything. Then it's probably going to hurt you where the encounter set is hitting you, anyways.
2: Yeah, if you're if you're playing Justice, you're like, oh, what's one more threat? But oh, I just lost a card under my hand. And I took some damage. So, or if you're playing Hulk, oh, what's one more point of damage? Oh, but I can't remove that extra threat. And now my hand size is a two. Uh, so yeah, can, it. I like I like this set. It's it's a yeah. good set.
0: Also, it is a one of the rare cards that. Can damage you when you're feeling safe as an alter ego. Yep. Oh, you're right. Yep. And so I, I, I'm a fan of those cards too, right? Oh my God, I'm flipping to alter ego because I next turn I have to, I have to recover. Oops. <laughs> yeah. You know, love that.
2: Yeah, because it's not indirect damage. It's, you can't, you know, shuffle it off onto some ally.
0: It's just you take it. Yep. You know, good stuff. I will go. I'm going to give it a B though because I like. I would like more and varied cards, but, and the, and the obligation is puny.
1: I am okay with the non variedness because it does a variety of things.
0: Sure. I see what you're saying. Well, that is our shadow of
1: the
2: past. Star Lords, Nemesis, Mr. Knife. Hmm. Daniel, Daniel, if the listeners want to tell us how we are right or wrong on our rulings, how are they going to get hold of us?
0: Well, I mean, you want me to divulge where our secret lair is? Yes, please. Well, okay, everybody. Um, you can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Wandering Took, and Big Foam Loaf. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Jason, take us out.
1: How can you expect to win when the entire galaxy is against you?
0: No! <laughs>